Welcome to the podcast of Imago Day Community, where we are convicted to help bring the whole gospel to the whole person, to the whole world. Join us in this Sunday service as we look to the scriptures, seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ. Good morning, Imago Day. I've asked Michelle Lang and Leroy Barber to join me. If you could give them some love. Morning. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> you say, hey, girl, hey? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure I heard it right. You're singing and speaking and singing again. Just, just living the life It's a today. big Sunday for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we want to take this morning and kind of process together and process out loud. For the last 16 years as a church, we have kind of held this space that is theologically conservative and socially engaged. Um, That puts you in a category that doesn't necessarily fit well in lots of different boxes. And when we talk about the language of evangelicalism, it's uh, a word that at its roots meant that you were people who were committed to scripture to demonstrate and proclaiming the gospel. And yet it got hijacked politically uh, a few decades ago. We don't find that to be a real helpful way to describe ourselves. At the same time, when people ask you, you know, what what kind of church are you? And you say, uh, Protestant or Jesus followers? Uh, they want more, right? They want more boxes, but that's really intentional. Uh, you know, the, the word Imago Day, nobody knows what that means. That, that, was, that was on purpose, right? <laughs> We're in Portland, like it, people might, I don't know what it is. Like they're more, anyways, I got a joke about that, but I'm not gonna go there. Um, but Jesus was this way. I mean, Jesus really, everybody was always trying to nail him down, put him in a box, and he he would slip the question. And it wasn't because he was light on doctrine, right? He was pretty solid on the scriptures. Um, But he was unwilling to, to put himself and allow himself to be reduced to these man made boxes. And so when you, the church has, kept and hopefully, I don't know how well, we haven't done well, but within our imagination is this idea of the beloved community, which is different than just tolerant integration. Jesus had something more in his mind than tolerant civil integration. He had a community, a family where he makes us one. And this week, obviously, as we've seen across the country, uh, where perhaps most people in America would have found themselves in a moderate left or right, on Wednesday morning, there were just two camps. And you were in one or the other, and you demonized the other. Uh, That might be an oversimplification. But we are called to walk this out together, to, to be a community that stands around Jesus, but can know, listen, and care for one another and understand one another's journeys. So as we were talking, um, 
we had a, everything else was kind of pushed aside and, and, and so we were going, okay, where do we go with this? And what we wanted to do today was process in front of you, which might be really unhelpful, um, <laughs> but you'll have to wait and see. But to be able to, <laughs> I don't know, it's as good as, as, good as it's gonna get. Right. Um, and, but part of that is because we don't have quick, pat, easy answers. And as much as we want to come here and have a sermon that ties everything up in a neat little bow and sends us out happy again, the reality is it would be inauthentic for us not to recognize how we're feeling. And it's important that we feel. It's important that we process. And it's important that we find a way to love each other in the midst of this. And so um, I've asked Michelle and Leroy to join me as we process through this together. I don't know if that yeah, so, um, gets us on the road somehow into this, or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I guess for, for me, I think the, uh, the being a part of Imago the last few years, and I think um, entering into the space to say, hey, we want to, we want to talk about justice, we want to talk about race and racism, we want to uh, talk about injustice, we want to, like, you know, we want to wrestle with these things together, we want to, um, saving justice we do every year, uh, and, uh, and, you know, East Side coming up as a multicultural space that, we, that we're helping create, and so I feel like we've been trying to move into this space, and we've been trying to do that as a community, and so, um, I'm thankful for that space and thankful for what we've been doing. But I'm, I'm, I, I must admit, like this week has, has, uh, has really caused me to, to struggle a bit around what, what it means to be evangelical and how, um, how in the world could 81% of evangelicals like vote this way? And honestly, I'm perplexed. I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling and I don't uh, have need answers for you. We are able to, we're gonna process here. Um, so I hope you're, you hear like, I know we're working through these things, but this week is, is it, it, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what word I have, but it was, it was rough, you know? Mm-hmm. Michelle, would you have anything for that? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I just agree with what, I agree with, with, both, with what both of you are saying already, is that this has, this has been a rough, it's been a rough week because it's been a week of awakening, hmm. right? And, and uh, an awakening of some truths that I think we probably thought we had dealt with as a country and even as a church, as the Church of Christ, I think we thought we dealt with a lot of stuff or that we were dealing and that we were dealing well with a lot of things and maybe we haven't. And so this is, I think the roughness of the week for me has been um, what the underlying numbers and what the underlying sentiments uh, sort of resurrect in conversation and, and, and even in some relationships. I, um, I sent you a message and I said, you know, it's the day after the election and I'm in this circle of people 
And I, I don't know how I feel about them. I don't know how I feel mm. here today. I don't know how I feel with these people that I have walked with and I have journeyed with and I have talked with on a regular basis. Um, I don't know how I feel about these people today. And even more so, I either don't know how they feel about me or I do know how they feel about me. And I'm not sure which one makes me want to go home uh, fastest. But that's sort of what this week has been. It's, it's, it's a truth that um, is still sort of nebulous, but it's a truth that also seems really concrete that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then you were kind enough to say, I'm going to take a breath and then I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I sent uh, Rick and Paul a message and I... I just sort of vented and said, I don't want to be here. I don't, I, I don't know how real I can be with you Imago people, but I was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't, I don't know these people. I don't like these people. I don't know what these people think about me. I don't want to do the work of ministry. I don't want to show up. I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't. And then I said, this will all be untrue tomorrow. <laughs> this will all be, un or a little less true. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll be a little less true tomorrow, but I just want you to know that's how I feel today. Yeah. We had talked about how do we, how do we honor this space between us when it comes to matters of conscience? Like there are, there are people who voted for Trump out of an issue of conscience, like when it comes to pro-life issues. For them, they could say, I can't do this. Out, like before God. And, and I think we had talked about how do we honor this space and yet disagree mm -hmm. and hear each other and feel each other. Um, you, you had mentioned just the complexity of a culture that paints everything in a broad stroke. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm. you voted this way, you must say mm -hmm. this, if you mm -hmm. voted this way, you obviously are. Mm -hmm. And as part of honoring that space, I think in the imagination of scripture, what scripture calls us to be is all of these one another's where you look across the room and that's your brother and sister, not you know the Republican or the Democrat or the whatever. There's some passages that I want us to look at real quick. This is what Paul writes to the church of Rome. And it's at the end of the book after he goes through this theology. And Rome would have been a church with, that was multi-everything, right? It's the first time a church ever came into being. Mm -hmm. And their emperor is Nero, uh, who isn't a good guy, to say the least. And yet Paul at the end of this says, all these one another's, and these one another's aren't there's no asterisk by him, right? There's no asterisk that says, un love one another unless you disagree on something, yeah. then you got an easy out. Or be devoted to one another if they're just these hard, they're actually simple sayings that are incredibly hard to live out. So here's what it says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you, 
in order to bring praise to God. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. And so Paul has this community that he's saying, you exist for the sake of each other, and the collective church exists for the sake of the world. Now you, that's easily stated, right? G.K. Chesterton said, it's not that Christianity has been tried and proven wrong, it's been tried and proven hard, and therefore left untried. And there are these moments where I think we go, it'd just be easier to go back to that segregated Sunday, or whatever it is, politically, racially, socioeconomically, let's just go to affinity and call that good. Part of honoring that space and honoring that consciousness is the hearing from and the recognition of what the other feels, right? Um, I think within evangelicalism, we talked about the, there's an element of hypocrisy. You guys both have mentioned that it, it isn't that your candidate lost, it's the platform that Trump ran on that genuinely has people afraid. Um, talk about that. Well, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm not that young. Um, I'm not old either, but I'm not that young. You're 29. Yeah, 20 times in a row. Um, if you're 29, I'm 18. <laughs> Good day. And, you know, I, re- I remember, you know, when, when, you know, I voted in an election when Ronald Reagan uh, became president and voted in an election when uh, George Bush, older Bush senior, became president. And I voted in an election when uh, uh, Bill Clinton became president. And then Bill Clinton had his moral failure, which I totally think is ridiculous, horrible. Um, But at the time when that happened, there was this you know, the moral majority, you know, and Bill Clinton's character is at stake and we need to, we, character matters and my evangelical friends going at it and going at it about character and putting that on the table and making sure that I knew that, you know, um, and, and, you know, as if I agree with what Bill Clinton did, but that's another topic, but like, that was a major part of what was being said. And friends who, uh, other, other friends who had to declare bankruptcy and another group of friends saying, that is not Christian, how can you do that? Like, and then getting rid of that person. And now, like, these same groups of people just voted for someone who represents all of that stuff. And the hypocrisy in that I I, I can't, I I don't understand. Um, And I don't understand based on a, you know, an issue or two that you, you know, you feel real strongly about, but does character actually matter or no, or does it not, right? Let's, you know, let's put that on the table and talk through that because because if there's a, if there's this table of brotherhood, if there's this unity that, you know, thing, 
I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel that it's authentic. I don't feel that it's honest. I, don't, I think it's hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we gotta own, right, the church. We have to own our own hypocrisy throughout history but we do have to own it in the moments where it exists. And I think, I think that moral majority that kind of was pro-life and pro-gun, like one of those makes sense biblically, the other doesn't, mm -hmm. right? And, and that we took these cultural things and we sort of gospelized all of it. Mm -hmm. And now you don't know what it means to, to follow Jesus. As a woman, what, what would you say when it comes to that? Oh, man. Man. As a woman, I'm really just stupefied. I, 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 I feel the same. I feel the same as a woman as I do as a person of color, to be quite honest with you. The, the, what the statements are, or, what, or what, I, what I think the statements are about the value of women or the place of women or what society can still say to women. Um, I still, I, I, you know what, as a woman, I just feel insulted. That's really what it comes down to. I just feel insulted. I just feel like my intelligence has been insulted. I feel, and, 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 and I agree with you, like people vote how they vote and you know, people make decisions based on, on things. But, I, but I, my expectation of, of the church is not to insult my intelligence and not to insult my existence as a woman. And I feel like that's what we're sitting in right now is somehow, somewhere along the line, um, that got insulted. And that's, that's in essence where I sit with, with yeah. that. And, I, and, and, and my hope is that um, that won't be reflected in my, in my interactions, right, with the body and with, the, with people of God, that that won't be reflected in, in interactions, but overall, um, I feel like I'm in an atmosphere that has been, that has been insulting to who I am as a woman. Mm -hmm. When you think of, um, well, one of the things that we talked about is that, and we talked about being in exile quite a lot last year. Um, that was intentional because I believe that this beloved community, the body of Christ, does have opportunity in moments like this to embody something that politics can't. Um, and yet I think a lot of people right now find themselves in this place where you put so much hope in your party, right, to the left, to the right, and it almost becomes that kingdom yeah. that you're attaching yeah. your heart to. Yeah. The book of Hebrews says we're inheriting a kingdom that can't be shaken, right, the kingdom of God, but, but we just kind of have seen our kingdom of, in this country shake. And I know that many of us have seen that sense or felt that, that I put my hope here, or vice versa, left or right, but it, it still is shaken, right? You were, you were mentioning some interactions you had. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think, I mean, the practical just keeps coming at me, and, I, and one of, you know, as I, 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 I listen to 
a debate and uh, Donald Trump doubles down on stop and frisk, you know? And uh, stop and frisk says that, like, because I'm black and male, like, I'm a suspect at all times, right? And that was found constitutionally wrong, but here's this guy doubling down on it. And the person who came up with stop and frisk, right? Uh, Rudy Giuliani, he could be the top cop in our nation. Like, I, I got two sons, one's 25, one's 23. Like, could it be in a couple months somebody could just pull my sons over because they're my sons, they're black and male. Like, you know, Stuart, there's a, story, you know, of a mom who, uh, or a student this week, she called on Wednesday and her dad, who's undocumented, has been um, working in this country for 35 years. And uh, Tuesday night, this student, now weeping on Wednesday morning, watched her dad sob for hours over the possibility in a couple months that him get being deported. Like, there's a table, but like, what's our place at that table? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. Um, and these stories of kids on a school bus, 10 years old, mom whose son is, is Mexican, and the kid's teasing them, ah, you're gonna have to leave, you're gonna have to leave, Trump's gonna make you leave. Yeah. What have we, what have we done? What is, what is, yeah. My son um, goes to David Douglas, and that was his first question Wednesday was, are my friends going to have to leave? And I, I think it's the uncertainty right now of going, we don't know what we get, that maybe causes this kind of genuine fear within us. I also think, like, well, I think one of the questions that we're asking is how do we stay at that table, right? How do we go forward? Um, I think what we what we want to do is go. Let's just let's just bring let's just be unified, right? And we were having this conversation last night because part of the process, I think, when you don't fully understand each other, is that you have to listen and wrestle and stay at the table. And so as a pastor, you know, my heart is to see us not step away from each other, but to see like in the power of the spirit, in the power of love to go, I want to step towards you and I want to feel that and I want to own that and I want to, I want to bear that burden with you. And so my heart is to go, how do we, like, let's not run away from each other. Let's come towards each other. And so we were talking last night, and I, I said, you know, I really want, want to talk about unity. And Knox and Leroy Eric's on the phone, and I can hear both. I'm thinking of John 17, right? John 17 is Jesus' prayer uh, where he's saying, Father, let them be one as you and I are one, and then the world will know that you sent me because they are one with us and with each other. And I'm like, the world needs to see that. And 
what do you guys think? <laughs> and I could hear this pause, right? And then I hear Eric go, uh, yeah, 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 fine, yeah, you're right. And <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait a second. And what, what did you say? You were like, I, I, do, I don't disagree with you, yeah, but. I don't disagree with what you're saying here, <laughs> yeah. Rick. You know, and I'm and like, I'm not saying this. <laughs> Jesus is saying this. Why am I the one getting like, like tagged with this, right? But, but what it did was, so let's talk about us processing through that because I think maybe it was a helpful, for me it was helpful yeah. and I think we wanted you guys to see just kind of what it looked like in that moment. Yeah, and you know, I, I understand the need for unity and the desire for unity and wanting everybody to kind of come together in this moment, but I, I feel like we rushed to that. Um, I'm not ready for that conversation. Um, I want people who are hurting, uh, and including myself, to be able to lament, to be able to, to process, to be able to cry, uh, and not be rushed to the unifying moment, you know? Because um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm, and I don't think, I think a lot of people just need some space to, to lament. Uh, less, less work towards peace and justice and unity, but let's not call for it today because I don't think we're ready for, for that. Um, you know, I, I was mentioning uh, back here um, that I would, if I were a gambling woman, um, that I would bet at churches of color today um, that there is like incredible celebration and uh, incredible rejoicing, that the music is loud, which is like every week, but this week it will be. <laughs> <laughs> but the music is loud and that the spirit is high and that people are celebrating and rejoicing. I, if, I were, if I were to take a bet, I would bet um, that at, at, at churches of color, churches where people who are marginalized attend on a regular basis, I would bet there's a celebration happening today. And I said, what is tricky about that or, or what is, um, might look confusing about that is, you know, the day of the election, there was, a, there was a shock. And the day after, there was a sadness and a hurt. And the next day, I had a lament, and I still am in that space. But people of color and people who've been disenfranchised have developed this incredible skill or strength to, to, um, to say, well, this is what it is, and we've been here before. We've been here before, so let's just not move on as if it didn't happen, but move on like we've been here so many times that we have to get to rejoicing, we have to get to celebrating so that we can remember um, what's good about life or, 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 or that we're a strong people, that we're resilient people or that we are whatever. And so we have to sort of move on and that might look like moving on to unity and moving on to acceptance and moving on. But actually what that is is we've been here so many times that we've developed a resilience for it, we've developed a tenacity for it. But don't let that fool us into thinking that people have accepted that they are okay and that they are uh, in this space where they don't still feel uh, the hypocrisy or the, or the insult. Um, they have just developed a skill 
um, to be able to move forward. And, I, and, and somebody was asking me, you know, what are they supposed to do, a, a, a brother here, a white brother here, asked me, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I said, at this point, what I, was, what I would encourage all of us to do is be better people, be better people, be better Christians, um, and engage each other from that perspective versus trying to engage from a perspective where we're just supposed to be unified and we're just supposed to ignore um, the status of, of, of society right now, but to actually uh, engage each other from a perspective of, I want to be a better person, I want to be a better Christian, and hopefully that moves us to unity. Hopefully that moves us closer to justice, and that's, that's my hope for it. Yeah, because as we were wrestling through it, I wasn't hearing, I think my desire for unity and what the, the way that we come to understand what that means mm-hmm. isn't that we let go of pain and hurt and realities, our misunderstanding. And, and I think that's kind of, so what happened in that conversation is we had to push deeper into what in the world is Jesus talking about when he's talking about unity. And you get a picture of it in Acts, but it, in Acts it's, it's radical. It's the people of power and privilege who are laying all of that down. Nobody has need. Like it's a costly love at that point. And, and, and if we're moving, like when you say you're not ready for unity, are you saying, I don't hear you saying we, we're going to move further away from each other. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I, w- I would like people to join in this process towards unity, how do we lament first? How do we, how do we cry together first? How do, we, how, how, how do we let the cry, how do we listen to those cries? What comes out of that, right? What, like, what is the heart of the people? You know, mm-hmm. I re, you know, reflect on the scripture in Exodus when God says, I hear the cries of my people, right? I, I, I resonate with their oppression because they're lamenting, they're crying, they're pouring out to me. I, that might be a scary place, but I, I, think, I think it's needed. Yeah. You know? The, and in terms of that cry and that lament, we've talked about how do we stay at the table and have this conversation. We aren't we're going to be back here next week to talk about what does it mean to be a kingdom citizen in this space. Um, but I think today we felt like we don't want to tie it up with a bow. We want, we want to feel it. And we're not saying that, you know, if you voted for Trump, you don't belong here. Or if Hillary was president, the kingdom would come, right? We're not saying that either. <laughs> We're saying, like, we are the people that are supposed to be in this really difficult space that can... Unity just means we're, we're coming towards each other, right? We aren't there. And, and I think it's that hypocritical unity. Eric gave it to me this way. He said, let's say you and I are playing one-on-one basketball, which... Um, <laughs> Don't do that, don't. No, because he does not want to get beat by a short and squatty white man. From half court, I'm deadly. I just 
anything closer than half court it's too much finesse. This is basketball, right? Yeah, basketball. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, he says, let's say the score is 90 to 20 and you're winning, but, but we come to realize, like you say, hey, I'm ahead, but I'm ahead because I had some advantages, some other people gave me some points, I cheated a couple times. Um, but I just want you to know that, so we're cool, right? Now let's play. And he's like, but you're still up by 70, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's that feeling of going, for us to just go, hey, let's be unified and move on, is to say, is to not recognize the power, yeah. the, power the privilege, and the pain that people are actually yeah. feeling today. Yeah. Uh, I think whether you voted for Trump or Hillary, we can all acknowledge the pain that's in our community, the pain that's in our country, and the fact that we need to lament in this place because we aren't where Christ desires us to be, desires this church to be. And so, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna wrap this up neatly today as you are getting to, beginning to understand that um, it doesn't need to be um, but as I look out, I'm looking out at, at, at this table, uh, and uh, this table uh, that uh, represents grace uh, that I approach um, humbly, and, uh, and I approach with some hopes that, that the God of the universe will hear our cries today um, as, we, as we lament together. Uh, and over this week as you process and you lament and you cry with one another, you make space at the tables for, for one another uh, that when we come back next week, perhaps we can have a different conversation. But for today, we just cry. Hmm. Michelle, what does this table mean to you this morning? Um, I think it's, it, it reflects back to what we sang about earlier, and that is the consistency of Christ. Um, you know, there are occasions, and I feel like I'm sitting in one, or at least we are all sitting in one, where, where stuff gets shaken, and you again become unsure of, of what and who and why and how you just, there's an, in, there's an insecurity. And so for me, this table represents uh, the most secure thing, and that is the gospel of Christ and, and what it means and what it calls us to, uh, what it calls from us um, and what it beckons from us. So it represents the thing that is the most sure thing that there is. Hmm. I think when I look at it, I see like all these broken pieces. And that feels like where a lot of people are right now. Not because regardless of how you voted, you can see this palpable brokenness. And yet communion puts us back together, you know, piece by piece in Christ. We're, there's a oneness, we're one in Christ. And yet I also see the cost of that was his broken body and his shed blood, that that love 
that communion is a sacrificial love that invites me to kind of face my own humility that I don't have the resources to put this back together. But, but Christ does. Michelle, would you play, pray for us? And maybe everybody could stand and um, maybe we could grab hands this morning. Are you I'm going to let the brother pray. Okay, we're always going to pray. I'm going to let you. <laughs> Thank you. You are. <laughs> Jesus, we come, we are broken, we are disturbed, we're in a space of misunderstanding, we don't know how to move forward, but we do know that you, your shed blood, your grace, your peace is out there on the horizon. Help us get there as we lament today. In Christ's name, amen. Would you thank Leroy and Michelle for me? We pray that God will use this message to strengthen your faith and draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. If you're interested in hearing other sermons or want more information about the church, please visit our website at www.amargodaycommunity.com. Thanks a lot for listening.